I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. This has Come to Daddy with Ruben Kay, the podcast about parents where I talk to guests whose mums and dads made the mistake of telling them that when they grew up, they could be anything they wanted to be. I'm not saying I've got daddy issues, but the cuff of my rabbi's trousers is filthy. (laughs) What is wrong with me? Welcome to Come to Daddy, with me, your host, Ruben Kay, a performer who lives on the line, snort at the line, but also lives their best life between the lines. London, Australia, Germany, Russia, Jewish, atheist, left-wing, but loves money, polka dots, stripes, Scandi Minimal versus Louis Cans, believing in helping others, but also so self-centered I scream out my own name when I climax. And in that chasm, there's a certain tension between having to make a choice and feeling like you're bouncing between your identities in a desperate existential game of Pong with your parents on either side holding paddles. I had, and continue to have, as far as I know, amazing and complicated parents. And like all of us, and often as a child through their divorce, I felt as if I was being bounced between them. I was diagnosed as having ADHD as a child, so that must have been fun for them, and custody handovers definitely felt more like a bomb squad trying not to set off an incendiary device than anything else. Between two parents trying to do their best, between religion and independent thought, between two embittered nations, 
I'm sure it's all a metaphor for something, but I'm too focused on finding the perfect lipstick shade to find a solution. But as we spiral into black and white, let me introduce you to my partner in crime or the looming figure of death I'm playing chess with on a clifftop. That's a Swedish film reference. The Trunchbull to my Matilda or the Archangel to my Mary, the producer of Come to Daddy, Amanda Sangorski. Hello. You'll know if you've listened to any of these, he never tells me what he's going to say. And also he's allowed me on camera this time, which is quite upsetting for everyone, I should imagine. I'm so generous. Ever been caught between two places, Amanda? Well, the booze and... Fantastic. So between ideas, places and things is where the excitement is. As Leonard Cohen says, that's how the light gets in. And today, we're letting in a ray of light. As we say every day here on the pod, welcome to Gabby, Daddy Rob... Welcome to Daddy Gabby Ros... Welcome to Daddy Gabby Roslin. It is Gabby Roslin. He got there in the end. I used to work with Gabby. Did you? Yes, we worked on the big breakfast together. That's uh, oh. I've known her for many. And she you, says two hundred years. But you were doing crumpets. I was. I was quite junior. Coddling yes. eggs. My my rat died, and uh, Gabby was. I had a pet rat, and uh, Gabby drove me once home in her open top Porsche. She's always been unbelievably positive and effervescent and such a lovely person. I always felt quite dirty. Yeah, in what are presence. you doing working with someone like that? Right, exactly. exactly. No, he's right. He's, he's not wrong. It's, I mean that with love. It's the silence after that makes it seem, if you let things hang, they seem heavier than they're intended. She is such, she's a great person. It's really interesting to see how the chat's going to go between the two of you because you're, you're very different. You're both very warm at the core, but very different approaches to what you do. Mm. I, uh, and I'm, I'm dead inside. Again, words are all his. I've never. No, that means that she thinks it. No, I don't. I think you're a genius. Um, We should point people to places that they can get hold of you, the podcast, the interact. That's an excellent idea. We think of Come to Daddy as... um, as a rainbow-coloured scream into the void, but we'd love to turn it into a duet. So if you have any stories about your parents or any questions about your parents that you'd love the genius of myself and the accompanying presence of Amanda to help solve, send in an email at... Come to daddypodcast at gmail.com. Very good. You can find us on Audible. That's new. How exciting. And you can find us on Spotify and Apple Music. And you can find me lurking around the corner shop looking for expired milk. What about the YouTube? Oh, yes. You can also find us on YouTube and Instagram and Twitter. I think the TikTok as well. Oh, you're on the the TikTok. I'm I'm on TikTok. It doesn't need a preposition. My guest today is nothing short of a British television and radio icon, rising to fame as a presenter of Channel 4's The Big Breakfast and now a mainstay of BBC Radio and TV with her own podcast, Effervescent, A Lust for Life and an Attraction to Neon that Borders on the Psychotic. It's Gabby Roslin. Gabby Roslin, come to Daddy. Oh, thank you for having me, Belize. uh, Can we talk about your bottom lashes? Please, go away. Please do talk away. I've never had bottom lashes. I I love top lash. I've yeah. never had a bottom lash. I want top. I, I want a bottom lash. It's a it's a certain skill, it's a certain skill and a certain tolerance for a sensation that is not altogether unpleasant. It does feel like you've got blinkers on, 
Like they top look and bottom. Go- I've never. I love a long bottom lash. Well, these are actually the smallest, most conservative lashes I oh, own. They're small, are they? Yeah. If are these they? were people, they would vote conservative because it makes economic sense. <laughs> but they'd have ideals still, you know, and hope. Oh, he's good. This is so lovely to have you here. Thank you for having me. Now, you, first off, you're an amazing British presenter, but also you come from presenting stock your parents are also in the industry my dad was not my mum right no, my mom, not my mum but my dad yeah he was uh he was one of the first voices on bbc2 television continuity announcer right and he also worked on radio 4 bbc radio 4 as a newsreader and the light program before it was radio 2 and he was one of the original people who launched uh lbc Right. But he went back to the BBC. He he was BBC through and through. I feel like LBC is the way you know if your Uber driver is a good person or not. I, I'll keep very quiet about what I think about okay. other radio stations. Perfect. Yes, do. That's probably the safest way as a radio broadcaster as well. But no, but the interesting thing was he stepped out for about 18 months and then went back to the BBC. And I think he was the youngest ever person to ever read the news on the BBC. Wow. Yeah. What did he step out for 18 months for? Drug running No, for, for, for LBC. Oh, for LBC. And then I he missed see. the BBC so much. Well, it's a beautiful thing and a wonderful thing. Yeah. It's one of these things about Britain. You have these amazing institutions that are linked in with the government. You're thinking about, like, the BBC. You're thinking about the health system. You're thinking about all these things that sadly slowly get eroded under conservative governments. Anyway, that's my own personal political agenda, which I push through all my work because I bridge the gap between, you know, self-promotion, self-harm and propaganda. It's a lovely line to tread. <laughs> now, look, we always start with the come to daddy questionnaire. Okay, it's a great quick fire round. Okay. So names of parents? Uh Clive and Jackie. We love a hesitation on the name of the parents. No, it's so weird because my mum always used to say, she died many years ago, mum died 26 years ago, and she always used to say, can you not talk about me? You and your father have chosen this industry. (laughs) So I still (laughs) do it. It's so funny. My mum is in the industry and is also, but still like that. What does your mum tell me about your mum? She's a filmmaker. Oh. She's a filmmaker, documentary uh, and feature filmmaker, script writer um, and script producer in Australia. She's brilliant and um, firm and refuses to quit smoking because it's impossible to put a vape out on an Uber driver. No, tell her. No, stop. Stop, stop, stop. Well, I just say you're 75. No, stop. No, she's got to stop. Oh, really? Stop. Seriously, stop. It's what killed my mum. So my mum had uh, smoking-related lung cancer. And I tell everybody, stop. Just stop. Just don't do it. Well, she's tried to quit so many times. And it's not that she's doing it. She's not doing it out of a lack of knowledge. She knows the risk. She just wants to smoke. Well, she's tried. You know what happened? She got the house painted because she thought it'll make her less likely to smoke inside. And all that meant is that my 75-year-old mother now smokes outside in the freezing cold with a blanket (laughs) over her. And I'm like, well, now you're going to die of pneumonia. And if you do that, you won't have the lungs to get through it (laughs) because they're basically an ashtray. I love your mum. Well, you can't tell parents anything because you're the child. Oh, completely, of course. Right? And also, you refuse to take any advice from your parents because they're your parents yes, and you're trying to gain but also independence. When, when you have kids, they try to say things to you and you say things to them. You want them to listen to you, but you don't always listen to them. No, no. Sometimes you do. You have to. Well, so you learn new things. I like learning new things, always. I, all right, now, ages of parents. Well, mum died, as I said, mm-hmm. uh, 26 years ago, and she died when she was 61, mm. and my dad is 88. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a great age it's to a be good at. Age. And where is Clive, where's the family home? London. London born and bred, and oh. he's still in the same house that he had before I was born. 
Is it lateral living? Is he like just, or has he got stairs to deal stairs. with? Stairs. He has a chairlift now. Stairlift. Oh, I love it. I love a chair. There's something very Norma Desmond about a chairlift to come down going, I'm coming out of makeup. And I have done that on the chairlift. I knew you would You knew I had. And the last question on the parental questionnaire, as a percentage, how much do you blame slash credit your parents for how you've turned out? I've everything. 100%? Yeah. I love that. Uh, obviously, they're not still together. That would Can be you imagine? A bit odd. Well, do you know what? My dad, because also my dad died six years ago. I'm and so this, sorry. These things happen. It's sadly That's f- life. fulfilling the role of a parent is to, you know, set you up in the world and then make an exit. At some stage. At some stage. At some stage. And now yeah. that my dad has died, in when I was. How I was old were you? 32. Right, very young. Yeah, and it was, I remember thinking, too young. Too young. Too young for him at 68, too young for me at 32. I wanted more time. Yeah, I had exactly the same with my mum. So I know exactly what you mean. So yeah. I was 31 when You were 31. Died, yeah. were, you, um, were you around? Were you present? Yes, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, she had uh, cancer. For a while, we were told she has six months to live, and six weeks later, she died. Uh, but she didn't want to know the clock. So mum and dad both just said, because mm. dad had cancer at the same time, and they were in two different hospitals with two different cancers. Dad had bowel cancer, mum had lung cancer, and they both said to each other, we don't want to know if there is a clock on our lives. I, can't, I don't know if I could do that. That feels so strong. Uh, she was a very strong yeah. woman. Oh, my mum was very strong. Yeah. So when she actually died... Um, the nurse said to us that they were trying to give her oxygen. She went, no, that's it, I've had enough. She'd had enough. She'd been ill for a while, you know, and she was in hospital. Uh, The day before, because my dad had had his bowel cancer and then he had two strokes afterwards, and um, mum said to dad the day before she died, and he was meant to be going the next day to get his checkup, his year checkup, and, um, and she said to him, Clive, you're okay now. And that's why we know that she... And then she didn't want to, I said, there, she was very strong. And she died. We got there and she, she'd already died. But she woke up at seven and we got the phone call at quarter to eight. And she was like, nope. And she knew that we were all okay. That was Great. my mum. Very, right. You're okay. You're okay. Fine. Now, that's it. I'm out of here. I think there's something to be gained from a perfunctory utilitarian view of death as opposed to the emotional kind of... But nobody talks about death. No. People are frightened too. Yeah. And they're always very scared to talk about um, their experiences of it Mm. or their fear of dying. I want to live forever because I love to be alive. I love waking up in the morning. I don't sleep very well at night because I can't wait for the next day. Yeah. I was like that as a child. Always loved it. Were you raised in quite a Jewish family? Traditional. Very traditional. Traditional family. My great-grandfather was a rabbi. Oh, Wow. With a, where are you on the reform to orthodox spectrum? I'm uh, brought up as orthodox, but I'm a, I'm a traditionalist. I suppose right. that's the best way. Okay. Married we were... out, but my, my girls are Jewish. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. I was raised Jewish until... <laughs> just to sign say, more, more Jewish. Jewish? Well, I'll just do Oy the whole... Oy vey! filter fish. As in more Jewish chat. I didn't mean you had to Well, I was doing more, more Jew- Jewish. Jewish. Yes, be... yeah, I know. I know. We were going there. We were going, going there. there. Um, I was raised sort of on um uh, both your parents Jewish both both of them dad's um, Russian and mum's German right uh, and we were raised reform Jewish which is even then it's like the part-time version of Judaism but I had this uh, moment at my bar mitzvah when I was turning 13 basically my parents said you'd be raised Jewish until you do bar mitzvah and then it's your own your decision choice? that's what my parents said to us 
I've just remembered something that my mum did talking of saying that. So I did a show years ago um, called The Big Breakfast mm. and with the biggest stars used to come on and Billy Crystal came on and my favourite ever film was When Harry Met Sally. That's got nothing to do, but I love Billy Crystal. And after the show, um, uh, I remember going round to mum and dad's and mum said to me, did you ask Billy Crystal if he was related to us? Oh, no, I didn't. Why? And she said, I'm just, I've always been convinced he's related to us. I said, no, but he did talk about his grandma farting. And my mother went, well, there you go. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's, what can you say to that? How are your kids doing with Judaism? Uh, well, they've both got um, uh, fathers who aren't Jewish. Mm-hmm. and Just quickly, what ages are they? Uh, 21 and 16. But right. they're very, they say they're Jewish. And mm. they, I mean, we're very, we don't keep a lot but we don't I've never eaten pig and shellfish in my life right. um, and I just suddenly became very you know in my life I've never yeah, done it I've never what? also for a second I thought pig and shellfish was a pub yeah no never been to like, that pub I've either I've never been to pig no, and shellfish no no no, no. Um, uh, but, but they're both you know if you were to ask them they'd say oh we're Jewish and we keep the festivals mm-hmm. and they I mean I go to, only go to synagogue a couple of times a year but I've always that's my choice I, I don't choose to go um, and they don't. Did you, um, when your mum died, did you do any sort of Jewish mourning or did you go through any she processes wanted like that? One, she wanted one night of shiva, which, as you will yeah. know, means seven. And it's the seven nights of seven days of mourning. And mum and dad both said they only ever wanted one day. And actually, when I go, that's what I want. I want everybody to sing and dance. I want every single person that I know to wear bright colours and to sing as loud as they can musical theatre songs. Oh, I love that. Any particular composer? Um, well, I'm going to take a bit from each of my favourite musicals. I oh. want something from West Side Story, Heaven. something from Chorus Line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, one singular sensation probably. Um, and, oh, give me somebody to dance for. I'm going to do a bit of that from Chorus Line as well. And musical theatres, I love, love musicals. I think the idea of someone wanting one singular sensation from yeah, a yeah, Chorus well. Line at their funeral is the campest thing I've ever heard. Well, I want everyone to laugh because my big thing since I was teeny-weeny-weeny was I wanted people to... <laughs> sounds corny, but when I was three, I knew I wanted to do telly because I knew TV made me happy and it filled me with joy. So I wanted to do TV because I wanted people to feel joy. And so I want Matt at my funeral. Keep listening for more intimate chit-chat after these short messages. Yes, ads. We're part of the problem. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, all right. So obviously you have these two wonderful daughters. 
did Jackie get to meet no, them? No, no. My mum, that's the thing that I feel the saddest about, that she never met her granddaughters. She would have driven me mad. I know my mum would have driven me mad because always with mum, her way was the best way. And also, she never got to meet my second husband, who I'm, who I'm mm. with and will be forever. Um, and... But it's quite. I always have this funny thing in my mind that because my mum loved dogs more than she loved people. Sensible. We know somebody like that, don't we? Da- I don't know what you're talking about. We know someone like. I that. have had to record almost nine episodes of this podcast next to two aging dogs? pugs in prams. Oh, they're fabulous. Just one of them needing a nebulizer for its <laughs> a sleep apnea mask. Velma's with us. Yeah. With us in spirit. Yeah. We feel a connection. I do. Well, she's still alive. Just well. She no, was she's there. with us. No, when I no. left the house this yeah. morning. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so. stop that. <laughs> about your dogs. I've no, so you've got to laugh. About Velma. What's the news? She's still alive. Oh, Can't say that. See? Don't say it in front of me. I'm blocking my ears. La, Are la, you, la, I, la, I'm la, guessing la, animal lover? Me? Yeah. I, I, I obsess with animals. Animals? Pets? Yeah. No, I can't. But that's what I want to say. That's how, that's how it started because my mum... Love dogs more than people. Right. My husband is allergic to dogs. No, the worst allergy there can ever be. No, I know. I'm allergic to cats. No, I'm allergic to cats. I don't Not care. fussed about no, it. No, me neither. Couldn't care less. They gaslight you into a relationship. No, I know. No, They're no. like bad boyfriends, but no, a dog no, is forever. Dog. I know. Please. I love dogs so much. I've never not had dogs, but I had to choose between my husband and a dog. The greatest wound that I carry with me mm-hmm. is that because I live a life of impermanence on the road, like Francis Gum in a suitcase, can't have a dog. Eventually you will. One day. One I won't day. have kids, but I will have a setter. Dog. A setter? Red setter? I think a red setter. Something oh, yes. big and <gasps> fluffy. Um, with your upbringing, do you sometimes see traits of yourself from your parents? Hangovers, if you yes. have parental oh, hangovers? Yeah, yeah. What absolutely. are some of those? Uh, my father has never grown up, and I never will. <laughs> and my mother was very strong. So I get... So it's... That's sort of me. Just I, I like to laugh at myself. And so my mum, my mum and dad, big, big, big gigglers. Oh, well, and that's... I, I, my every school report said Gabby doesn't stop talking and Gabby doesn't uh, stop laughing, and that was my life. Active participant in class discussion. I would laugh. Did you ha- Did you do a lot of schoolwork? Did uh, you? Did, no, I, I knew I, I wanted. No, any. I, I, I knew I wanted to be a TV presenter. When you, so when I got to school, I just thought, well, I don't need any of this because I know the career path, so I don't need the hierarchy, I don't need the grades, any of this kind of thing. So it gave me this sense of, I don't know, I felt like an anarchist in school. No, I was very good. I was a very good girl, but I giggled all the time. That's lovely. Every single report was, Gabby stop, doesn't stop talking. I talked all the time, and I still do, and that's why I was aptly named and aptly... Uh, aptly jobbed as it were uh, but that's I knew I just wanted to be a TV presenter so I used to present I, I, there's a TV show here kids TV show called Blue Peter mm-hmm. so I used to pretend I used to come back from school and I used to sit next to the television when Blue Peter was on and I'd be the next presenter on it and my dad would sit there with a box on his head and pretend he was a camera and that's how we did it and mum would have a loo roll and she'd write things so I learned how to do auto cue and, um, and then when I wasn't doing that and they said right you're going to do your homework I'd go upstairs and I'd, I'd uh, present other shows in my head. Well, now I feel I my parents have been completely negligent <laughs> if they didn't suddenly ape a cameraman and an auto cue. Yeah, yeah. That's brilliant. And was that in Zimbabwe as well? No, that was all. No, I, all so I, in yeah, UK. my dad was born in Zimbabwe but came right. here to go to Rada when he was 18. Gotcha. And uh, so I was born here and went to Zimbabwe every year of my life because my grandparents were there and my oh, cousins. I see. 
And what was it like going back to Zimbabwe? Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah. It's the most beautiful country in the world and the people are wonderful and so welcoming. And my grandmother was the first female MP in Zimbabwe and she fought to get Smith out uh, Ian Smith out and she fought for a multiracial society because she loathed what was happening there. My granny was the best granny on the planet. She was amazing. And she started up, she was the one that started up the first multiracial um, children's home and old age home because she couldn't stand this. This she, I mean, any, racism, anti-Semitism, uh, homophobia, anything. I was brought up to know that that was wrong from the, from the minute that we could think or speak. I just I was I was taught that though from a very young age both of my parents nobody was ever better you weren't better than anybody and um they were very unjudgmental I hate people who are judgmental I think that's what stayed with me I hate bigots I don't hate a lot but I I hate bigots there we go Well this is I mean there's a good thing to hate yeah It's a good thing to hate but it's a, it's a blocking off of any kind of conversation and any kind of um understanding because you're pushing an agenda based on your yeah. own fear just and be your kind own. you know it's that's what my dad always said if you can be anything be kind and they they the big thing that both of my parents said follow your dreams but don't hurt anybody in the process and i pass that on to my kids that's really lovely and your kids listen yeah they believe in following their dreams and they're doing that that's fantastic do you think is there like a particular moment that you can remember that you wished you could speak to your mum for a moment? Yeah, when I had my babies. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. And um, I used to get angry and go, why aren't you here? You promised we were going to do all the babysitting. She mm. wasn't there to do the babysitting. They don't need babysitters anymore. My... They babysit now. That's weird. Your kids babysit no, they, now? They babysit, they babysit for other people's kids. And do they then kind of get a sense of what it's like when babysitting, a taster of what it's like to be they a both parent? Want, yeah, they both want kids. Yeah, yeah. and have they... Not yet. Not yet, no. No. 16 and 21. No. 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 I mean, 38. No. <laughs> no. Sorry, redact that. 25, youthful 25, playing age 19 to 25. Um, I'll have you dubbed. Thank you. <laughs> Can you please get Tom Hiddleston to dub me? Thanks. Yes, I think that's... he'll be here in 20 minutes. Great, it's a good fit. All right. You look like him. Do I? Oh, my God. Yes. Great. We're keeping that in. Ruben K, double for Tom Hiddleston <laughs> and the wage as well. Now, have you ever re rebelled against your parents, or how were no. they strict? No, no, they weren't. That my parents did the opposite to everybody else because everybody else's parents. It was something I remember it vividly. Everybody else's parents would say, "What time are you going to be home?" And my parents never asked. And I used to think it's really weird. Why did they never ask? Because I, I never went clubbing. I never did any of those things. Oh, wow. I just wanted to be a TV presenter. That's all I wanted to do. And, um, I mean, I had, we were friends. We used to go around to each other's houses and hang out. I was not, I was very, very, very shy. So I couldn't speak at 15 if I went to a party. But put me on stage or something doing a show, I'd be fine. I'm still like that now. And, um, but. Yeah, you've been shy and retiring no, no, this whole interview. You make me go to, I can't go to a house party. I'm far too shy. Oh, really? When I first met my husband, um, here, we'd been going out a few weeks. And he said, will you come to so-and-so's party? on the Saturday night, and I said, no, I can't go. Please don't make me go to... I don't know anybody. Please don't make me go. Please don't make me go. He was like, what? You're on telly. You're just... No, please don't make me go. Please don't make me go. I'm too shy. I'm too shy. And then the next night, um, we were at the Albert Hall uh, for a charity event, 
and it was one of my charities. And five minutes before the show started, they came and talked to me, and I was there with my husband. He was my partner at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, and they said, Gabby, the MC um, has food poisoning. Will you come and do the show? I went, yeah, of course. And I went and did a two-hour show, live show on stage. I didn't know. I, I hadn't had any rehearsals. I loved every minute. Honestly, my husband's face, he was like, what? I, I, what? I mean, that's different. Very, it is, but it is a very, very different skill I to be it. able to speak on stage and to be able to just walk up to someone and go, "Hi." And I'll talk to anybody. Begin a conversation I'll at a house to, party. And, no, see, I'll talk it's to like, anybody in the street. Yeah. So everyone, so every single day, people stop and talk to me. So and what's, I at, chat. what's at a house party? Oh, get all shy! Don't make me do that. <laughs> what is no, it? No, I don't want to do it. But do you know why? Yeah, because I was the teenage me comes back every so often. So at 15, I was so shy. And that that teenage angst comes back. That, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then people would say to me, if I ever went to a party, um, oh, what do you want to do? I'm going to be a TV presenter. And they go, huh? But there we go. <laughs> From the most unassuming. I talk, I talk about shyness all the time. I don't think people talk about it enough. Um, but I know that the shy me... So when there's a show called Strictly Come Dancing... Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do it in a million years because I'm far too shy. I couldn't do I know I couldn't. I would honestly just cry. It would be not for me. I will on Instagram, I jump and dance around and take the absolute piss out of myself. And I never take myself seriously. You wouldn't see it as a parallel to the Albert Hall gig? No, I, not at all. Oh, make me dance in tight lycra. <laughs> give me the lashes. Give me the fake tan. Give me the sequins. But in my own time, not on Strictly. Now it's time for you, our esteemed guest, to take a break from the conversation and delve your hand into the Come to Daddy pick and mix. This is where you get to choose a story to share about your parents. Please use the gloves and tongs provided. The first, are we there yet? Gabby Rosland, do you have any traumatic or hilarious holiday stories? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, going to Victoria Falls. My grandparents lived in Harare and my cousins lived there. And we'd go to Victoria Falls. The whole family would go up there. Always at, at Passover. There we go. So uh, we'd all go up there. And there was one time we were driving and there were three car loads because there were a lot of us, big cousins, best family. I love my cousins. Uh, we were all in a car and then suddenly the cars all start reversing. And uh, everyone's going, Jumbo, 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 because there was a, an elephant, uh, elephants in the road. And so the cars were reversing and uh, my dad couldn't get the car into reverse. And and I just go, he's all right, stay. I love elephants because I love elephants. So I didn't mind. And dad, my dad trying to get the car into reverse. So that's just one of those sort of crazy memories I have. I'm, I love that. There's a lovely innocence of a kid going, I love elephants. I love elephants. I still do. But a large bull elephant. Coming, no, I love them. Yes, but even then coming at you, you're not going, well, there's, there's an element of danger here scared. that I have to... Because I love elephants. Shy to dinner party, not scared of a charging bull elephant near Victoria Falls. Yeah. You do indeed contain multitudes. <laughs> Look at this. All right. Um, what about it's so unfair? No, it's so unfair. Is there a call that your parents made as a child that you still harbour harbor oh, yes. bitterness over? Yes, not bitterness. Um, my, I, when I was about... 15 or so I really wanted to do the summer 
at um, uh, do a drama course or do something because I wanted to be a TV presenter, as mm. I keep saying. And um, my dad had gone to RADA. There was nowhere you could go to do that. And I, about 15 or 16, I said, please, I just want to go. And I think it was a... I don't know what it was, but I remember desperately wanting to go. And it was a place that did musical theatre. And my mum said, no, you've got to do that when you leave school, not before you leave school. And I always tell that story. I always say, my mum didn't let me do this musical theatre course in the summer holidays when I was 15. She's probably up there now just going, oh, she's not still going on about that story. Our final gauntlet here at Come to Daddy, Gabby Rosen. First of all, thank you so much for coming in. Oh, thank you for having me. This last one is called Shall I Be Mother? Shall I Be Mother? And every guest has to do it. You look into my eyes and imagine me as either one of your parents, Jackie or Clive, or an amalgamation of both, blurred as I am between the gender lines, (laughs) uh, and speak honestly from the heart, what would you say to them? Why didn't you let me go to that musical theatre school? (laughs) I love musical theatre, but it didn't stop me loving musical theatre. So thank you. It's a pleasure. <laughs> Gabby Rosen, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Do you know what? I had no idea what I was going to say to that answer, and it just came out. <laughs> it just came <laughs> out. Gabby, 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 where can our listeners find you next? <laughs> uh, well, on the radio and on television and on my podcast. If you go to all streaming podcast platforms, uh, that Gabby Ro- Roslin podcast. I can't even say my own name. That's really crap. You're doing really well. I can't say my own name. It's been a journey. Gabby Roslin, that's one. Yeah, that Gabby Roslin podcast is available on all platforms. And uh, we are going to be launching season four soon. Oh, brilliant. Well, I can't wait to. Will you come on mine? Absolutely, I will. Yes, thank you. And you come on my radio show. BBC Radio London Sundays and BBC Sounds. You can't stop me. Good. 
abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.